We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? It's here, August football season. Allen, my guy, what's good? Uh, football, a uh, lot of chaos already. Which I just think maybe because it's social media, but I just feel like every 10, 15 minutes we get an update on something. Someone's having a good camp. Someone's botching it. Next we know, a video goes viral, and then occasionally a team fights each other, and a quarterback is on the bottom of the pile. And then coaches tell him to run sprints like they're 17 years old. Hey, Calvin Benjamin might have made a good point about Joe Judge not treating people properly. But then again, Calvin Benjamin. I still can't go over the fact that he played receiver at 268 pounds. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've heard. Yo, what a day today was. I mean, you want we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, Kenny Galladay, big free agent signing, love the addition, pulls a hamstring, same one that cost him the majority of his 2020 campaign. The Giants getting to a team brawl, which leads to Daniel Jones being at the bottom of the pile. I believe Jabril Pepper started it. With Evan Ingram, yeah. Oh. Uh, Evan Ingram, oh, apparently. Damn, Evan Ingram, man, he's like the least popular player. He apparently he he gets the most shit from Giants fans. Like real Giant fans cannot stand him. It's, I am. It's amazing because I love Evan Ingram as a talent. As a talent, he's yeah. tremendous. But I, the, he, he's fuck, excited. Can we get can we get something going? Yeah. Uh, Logan Ryan got into it too. Um, they missed some veterans. Apparently, a report came out that this is the worst the offense has looked at training camp since Eli got there. Uh, which is not cool. So you get the you get the fight. Uh, they signed this dude Todd Davis, a linebacker who retired halfway through the training camp today. Oh, see, I heard three Raider players retired. That lost Vegas Heat, but it wasn't it wasn't like COVID issues. Oh, he or just anything. said forget this it. This was Joe Judge made them sprint and do this all Damn. this wild shit, and he's like, "Yo, I'm not doing this." Wow. And yo, this this rah rah. 
you're gonna run until I'm tired shit. That don't work when dudes are making millions of dollars, bro. Yeah, the ultra authoritative figure or ultra disciplinarian. It, it's it's it's, it's a tricky its, road. It's gonna run its course quick. College coaches tried to do it in the pad. Saban tried to do it. I remember Bob Petrino tried doing it in Atlanta. It was, but but it works in college. Yeah, because no, but, but it, we're all, we're going from what eighteen year olds to now. Yeah, but I'm also thinking of it this perspective, right? Yeah. When you're in college, if your coach is a dick, you could be like, yo. You know what, fam? I'm going to be here for two or three seasons. I can deal with it for two or three seasons. You're talking about professional athletes that are making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell them, go run sprints, and you're going to yell at them and talk down to them. They're going to be like, fuck you, bro. Like, at some point, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. It's like we won, what, six games last year? Yeah. You're not exactly Bill Belichick. You got to earn the right to be able to. You came from a Belichick background. We get it. Yeah, but you ain't Bill. You ain't Bill yet. You ain't even Bill Parcells. Yeah. Right, Tom Coughlin could get away with that shit. Strahan famously said, "Not anymore, Tom Coughlin. Not guy. anymore, but he hasn't <laughs> yeah. proven himself did, yeah, as yeah. a as a GM president of right. football operations. He did as a coach, did, yeah. and even Michael Strahan was like, "Yo, all the times he would yell at me and do all this shit and and, and whatnot." I was like, "What is this guy doing?" And then we won the Super Bowl, and I was like, "Coach, I get it." Mm-hmm. Justin Tuck, same we'll thing. We'll I get see. it. Yeah. We, you, you earn the right to be able to scold these athletes. Mm-hmm. But even so, like that only there's a shelf life on that. Right. Like I remember last year, he wouldn't even mention players' names at first. He would call them by like numbers, like you got to earn your name or whatever. I was yeah. Like, going a little too old school. But look, credit to Giants. Giants were competitive last year. There was actually some respectable football compared to past years. So I don't want to totally bury Joe Judge yet. It's just what's gone on for a team that, or at least a coach that preaches discipline, it's looking like anything but discipline. What about also the rookie, Tony, forgets his cleats day one, doesn't show up That's to rookie cool. OTAs and, and, and training camp. It's like, what is happening? What is happening, bro? Oh, man. We can blame Gen Z for this. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know who to blame. I blame that cat that crossed the, the Monday Night Football game. Oh, I, the Cowboys? oh I, you talking about the Yan- I saw some of the Yankees. Oh, yeah, there yeah. was a cat that ran out to Yankee Stadium. But is there – have there been brawls and shit in the past at training camps? Carolina, remember Cam and Josh Cam, Dillon? yeah. Cam with that smile. Cam would strangle him and smile at the same time. It was glorious. Damn. What's good with Falcons camp? Any crazy reports? I, I saw Kyle Pitts made a big catch, and people got really excited Yeah, about. I think – Falcon fans are trying to figure out who's on a team because they might know 11 players at this point because there's just not a lot of talent there. Yeah, I texted you the other day when I said I saw a Keith Brooking jersey <laughs> on Steinway. I, you know, Keith Brooking went out bad, but he's still – look, he was there for 10 years. You got to give respect where it's due, but he went out very bad. What are what are some of the big uh, storylines you're following, man? I want to have a, just a general conversation on some of the things. I, I know we outlined a couple, but before we get to those, what what is standing out to you? Gotta be what's going on in Green Bay. Yeah, that's prime. So Rodgers is back. Adams disgruntled. It's just I'm wondering because both of them clearly like they love their teammates, they love the coaching staff. Will they let their frustration organization hinder them from compete from a Super Bowl? That's a big question. I don't understand this last dance stuff because you ain't win nothing. Uh, I would say last dance because both of them are going to leave. I get that. Yeah. But this whole like Jordan Bulls thing with Green Bay, you you didn't win nothing, bro. Yeah. yeah. You won 26 regular season games and a playoff game. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't quite sure get that, but I'm just, I'm just. It just seems like a very sketchy situation. But you look at their roster, you look at what they've accomplished the last years. All right, I know we're we're making fun of them for not winning Super Bowl, but like, look, they still they they've proven to be one of the best teams in the NFL. There's no denying that. It's just, well, what from a mental standpoint, where is Rogers head at? Where is Adams head? At? Like, just how are they gonna approach it after all this chaos, after all this uncertainty? It's Malfoy has got a hell of a job. And I don't think there's ever been a coach that's been more questioned that has a record like his. Yeah, was his record twenty six and six regular season, one one two playoff games, yet. People are still questioning: Can this guy control Rockroom? Is he a leader? We know he could clearly scheme up a good game plan, but now how is he going to handle this adversity? Yeah, right. I can't remember a coach that's been this, this successful, successful yeah. coming in right off the bat and has lived up to all expectations. I would even say surpass expectations. Oh, like, I know the first year he was there, there were a lot of one-score wins. It seemed a bit fluky. The fact that Green Bay was went thirteen three. I remember they were. A huge regression candy going to last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But last year, they were definitively the best team in the NFC, and Rodgers rightfully won MVP. They were smashing teams left and right. So you, know, you have to get what Flores do. Yeah. You know, I think about that one-score game theory, right, where if a team goes 8-1 and one, one year in one-score games, the theory is that a lot of balls bounced their way, a lot of plays went their way, turnovers. calls, turnovers, and then the next you can't you can't expect that year in year out. But on the flip side, it's maybe we should tweak that theory a little bit, or I should, since it's my the one that I've been preaching on the, the most, because when you have an elite quarterback, maybe that's why they are elite. They win those one score games. Mm-hmm. My favorite bet last year was Seattle not to make the playoffs, and they won the division. Yeah, right. So it's yeah, they went twelve and two in one score games the year before. I think all of their wins were one score. Oh, ten and two, excuse mm-hmm. me. And then last year they won a lot of one score games too. It's Russell Wilson. It's Aaron Rodgers. We're talking mm-hmm. about. It's a Mahomes. It's a Brady. When you're talking about a now Ben Roethlisberger, a a you know a Drew Locke kind of quarterback where maybe that one year you go seven and one the next year you can't expect that mm-hmm. thoughts no it's it's a valid point so i think warren sharp talks about it all the time like having having the elite quarterback i think is why you're able to win those one score yeah, games. That- like daniel jones right if, if, if the giants were to go eight and one this year in mm-hmm. one score games first of all it's my boner hitting the bottom of this table second of all <laughs> Second of all, you can't expect them to do that again next year because right. Daniel Jones isn't really a quarterback yeah. that can. That, that's why when you were talking about Seattle regression, I was just looking at you like, man, you're really going to doubt what Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have done over the course of almost a decade. Like, to me, as long as Russ is there, they're always going to be a threat. Hmm. So, but yeah, with Green Bay, I just think everyone's curious about how they're going to go into the season because the pressure couldn't be. I don't think there's a team facing more pressure than them. Just given all the uncertainty. Yeah, and if you're playing with an hourglass right now where Rodgers being in Green Bay, mm-hmm. like all indications are he's probably going to be there this year. I mean, he's going to be there this year, and then yeah. after that, it's probably like, not. Yeah, and so, they, they don't want to pay Adam, so it's like who knows what the future's looking like there. That's why people just go on this year and see what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting what's happening in Green Bay. I also think what's interesting is what's happening in Cleveland. There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of buzz. The bar well, is de- well-deserved buzz. I know 2019 there was a lot of buzz, and obviously things crumbled rather quickly. But now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, defense is looking very – I'm not going to say stacked, but it's a lot far more balanced, a lot more talented. Yep. And you have to trust what Kevin Stefanski is doing. This isn't no 2019 Colts. This is uh, 2019 Browns. This is a team that I think wouldn't be surprised to see in the AFC Championship. Yeah, I. They, that's where I think they end up. I really think they are an AFC title game. I think they're a top two seed this year. They check the boxes for a team that, you know, they make the playoffs last year. They win a game they weren't supposed to. The next game, they play Kansas City tough. And then next year, they double down. You know, you're getting Odell back. You got the running backs in place. Mm-hmm. You go defense heavy. Mm-hmm. I love the Clowney signing because you don't need Clowney to be your number one pass rusher because you got Miles Garrett. Yeah. They, so They got quite a mix. Malik Jackson. Yeah, My, my, my boy Tack McKinley's there. He who just wanted out of Atlanta so bad. He literally went on social media and said, get me out of here. Yeah. And he got out of there. Good for him. So it, and they also got uh, John Johnson and Troy Hill, who were big parts of why the Rams defense was yep. as good as well as last year. So I think they recognized last year, okay, our defense was bend, don't break. But I think a lot of why their defense wasn't as bad is because they're running game. Like I think the Browns were top five in time possession just because of how good they could run the ball. But I think they realized if they're going to take the next step, they can't be solely dependent on the running game to keep uh, posting offenses off the field. Their defense is they, – they clearly have talent. The likes of you know Miles Garrett, of course, one of the best edge rushers, and everyone loves uh, Ward. But um, they just needed more there. And yeah, I think I got and, and think about what you got to deal with in the AFC. Kansas City's yeah. offense. Buffalo. Buffalo's offense. Baltimore's always going to be there. Right. Yeah. Pittsburgh. A lot of yeah. weapons there. Now we got Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So you go heavy on the DBs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got the cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Rams. That's another team that I'm fascinated by, too. I think that's everyone's. Are they getting a lot of Super Bowl praise and picks? Because um, I don't like that. Because the, I, when they got Stafford. I don't think people are making picks yet, but there's obviously huge buzz there. Because when you have the roster and coaching staff that they have, it's, it's of course, going to be that. And I just think people, Stafford's been sl- in such a bad situation for so long. It's like, okay, we really want to see this, how this guy's delivered. Because he was kind of the guy where it's like, okay, wow, he might be doing this fourth quarter comeback for a team that's struggling to win seven games. But we know he's incredible talent. And you want to talk about entertainment. He's always going to provide entertainment. But now he's going to go with a real coaching staff, legit receiving personnel. And a de- defense where it's like, okay, I could depend on them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I know Detroit had receivers. I know, I'm not trying to discount Detroit's receivers. But now, he, I just think he's with a real coaching staff, a real offensive mastermind, and just a team where he he could actually – there's going to be games where he might not have to throw the ball more than 25 times. That's going to be a beautiful thing for him. Where is he as far as putting you on the spot? Where would you put him as far as quarterbacks in the league? Probably run that 10 12 range. Mm. I ask that because I feel, however, you analyze Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. that's how you should expect the Rams to go. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't it like 47 games in a row they didn't have a 100-yard rusher? The Lions, yeah. The Lions, yeah. a poor offensive line throughout his time there. He played for a franchise who they're, they're known amongst NFL fans and even casuals as the organization that their best players always retire early, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. They rarely played primetime games outside of the early, and that's not even primetime, right? National standalone yeah. games. They would play that first game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, there were a few Monday night games here and there. But yeah. Right. But for the most part, that's because a lot of teams get yeah, in night, the rotation yeah. for Monday night football. I mean, the Raiders-Broncos was a Monday night football <laughs> game to open up the season like two years ago. Right? The Josh Jacobs rookie season, yeah. right? So Matthew Stafford, shit defense, uh, terrible coaching right like they had jim caldwell they got rid of him mm. and then it's like well what you know like why why would you do that right mm. the guy was winning there i mean mm. no he wasn't winning many playoff games but mm. it was good from what you yeah. had and he goes to now cooper cup robert woods probably the two most underrated wide receiver the most underrated wide receiver duo in the league I'm at the point where with Robert Woods, he's been called underrated so long. There's certain players that have been referred to as underrated for four years. I'm like, all right, you're not really underrated anymore. It's like I think mm-hmm. we properly rate him. And I think Cooper, I think they're in the same boat. I wouldn't really consider them underrated. I just think they're really good football players. Okay. That's all I can That's say. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I trust their running scheme, even without Cam yeah. Akers. Deshaun Jackson's a huge wild card, but, man, if he's healthy. I mean, if he's healthy with that yeah. gun that Safford has, just to spread the defense out and right. throw it over the top, they probably have some receiver that's going to emerge too. And Higby's a decent option. I just think you have to look. They at also it. drafted a speedster. Yeah, I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Van Jefferson. There we go. Well, from last year. Last year, but this year too, yeah. they they drafted. Van, 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 and flashes Van Jefferson look damn it, uh-huh. really good hands. So he's another one. Like the Rams, they're they're going to be firing, and just with McVay's offense, like. Like Stafford could play at top five level because Stafford's can get those easy chunk plays that he didn't get in Detroit. Those plays where it's just like boom, 20, 25 yards right there. It's schemed up. That's what McVay does. It's be fascinating to see how much the uh, play action they run because I think Detroit was very much known for barely using play action. Yeah, so. no shit. They couldn't run the ball. <laughs> so like <laughs> now we get to see how Stafford works on the play action. Like it's it's just it's it's. I just love seeing him in a new scheme and. I just think after what McVay accomplished with Jared Goff, who clearly had huge limitations, like if they did what he did with Goff, I just can't imagine what they could do with a guy like Stafford. Because yeah. it's a massive upgrade. It's a huge upgrade. Yeah. And I also think you need to account for the guy that was on a shit situation and was productive. Now he goes into a great situation. I think he's going to exceed expectations. They, I'm standing by it. Spoiler: There, that's that's the team I'm I'm wagering on to win the Super Bowl. They're fourteen to one, fifteen to one at some places. I think that defense is going to be good, and they're they're just they're they're good. The division yeah. is tough because even the team that's going to finish last is probably going to win seven or eight games. Mm-hmm. Like that division is really really tough. But I think Stafford, man, so underappreciated. The the clip of Aaron Rodgers talking about him mm-hmm. on Pat McAfee's show yeah. one time. He was talking about, I think Rodgers had thrown a no-look pass during that mm-hmm. game, and Pat McAfee was like, oh, you're trying to be like Mahomes. He's like, dude, let me tell you something. Maddie in Detroit has been doing that since Georgia, but no one watches Detroit. Yeah. And there were clips of him against the Titans just uh-huh. kind of looking this way and throwing a ball to Marvin Jones. I love and, he calls him Maddie. <laughs> so it's just, this dude's been a baller, but yeah. we just haven't really seen yeah. him. To me, in the NFC, it's Tampa, 
LA, Green Bay, and everyone else. Those are the three upper echelon teams. The rest, they're going to, they'll be a threat, but I don't see them seriously pushing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I like, I like Seattle and San Fran. Um, I'm intrigued by Washington, even though there's clearly, <laughs> there's clearly a ceiling there, but the rest, it's like, all right, it's going to be a mad sc- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gramble in that NFC. We went out to get drinks the other night, and uh, it was cool because that was the first time in a long time. I remember I texted you when we set it up, and I was like, dude, you want to just go get beers and not fucking talk podcasting? Because the last yeah. couple times we've hung out, it's always been like, yo, come over, let's do a podcast. Right. And it's, it's something that I'm trying to improve on to not turn all of my relationships with my friends with into podcasting. like podcast, podcast, podcast. Yeah. So we were talking, and then, of course, just naturally – dudes drinking beers we just started talking about football also and you asked me a really dope question and that's when i was like yeah i want to talk about this on the Mm -hmm. podcast kind of hypocritical but let's talk about some teams that might surprise us this year for good or for bad Mm -hmm. i personally i'm very intrigued by carolina love their weapons on offense this dude terrence marshall is I'm hearing big things. A, a rookie out of LSU, the first LSU Tiger that Joe Brady has uh, drafted, exactly. the offensive coordinator. I'm still holding on hope to Sam Darnold. He's another guy. Now, hear me out first. Very, very similar to how I feel about Matthew Stafford, where obviously Matthew Stafford, we've seen it for mm-hmm. a longer time. But I do think that both Stafford and Darnold were on shit situations last couple of years. And there is talent there. And I think that him going reunites with Robbie Anderson. He got DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, McCaffrey. Yeah, he has a legit security blanket he, now. Yeah, you got to do the cat. He set the catch record for running backs and then he broke it the year yeah. after. Right, like this dude's a beast, and he's still young. He's twenty five. He just turned twenty five years old, McCaffrey. So this isn't a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who's twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Like this dude's a baller. And I think they're a team who, I think they can make some noise. I, I think they'll upset some people. Remember the game they played against the Chiefs, where where they attempted like that really long yeah, field goal. They were they were competitive like November last year. They were they were, and I think they were limited by their quarterback also. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by Carolina. Now I might be a year too early. Mm-hmm. Because I know you feel a lot worse about their defense than I did. Yeah, their defense is a mess. So, they're a team that I think could surprise some people. And and I'm very fascinated by that. I think if everything clicks, they could win eight games. 
I'm not sure of nine, but they could they definitely could be competitive. I, they were competitive last year. I think now it's just a matter of they gotta win those one score games, which I know could be a bit was a bit of a challenge last year given you know losing McCaffrey. Even though Mike Davis put up great numbers, just when you have McCaffrey, he's just he's a mismatched machine. Like he just I mean, all dude, you saw what he did in the one game he came back against the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, like he just know when nuclear what he could do Congo team exactly. So and I've been hearing good things about J.C. Horn. If you want to talk about something about mm-hmm, defense, so mm-hmm. the top ten pick, who at the time was a bit of a controversial pick, but a lot of people didn't think he was top ten worthy. But look, I think that their team, they desperate. I think they're just trying to regain some sort of identity defensively because there was a time where they were consistently a stout defense, and now it's like they're trying to pick the pieces up because it's really not. I think Shaq Thompson might be the last of that defense from four or five years ago yeah what given was the, name, given like the retirement Keekly, and davis Keekly norman kwan short mario addison like they had star yep. Toulier, like they had a lot there and now it's just like trying to figure out the cracks or try to patch up the cracks but uh you know caroline's a good one i'm 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 very fast with them i think it's just a matter of their defense and sam darnold has got to show something mm-hmm. and I, what i mean by show something he's got to do more than just flashes because me darnold had maybe two or three Good games in New York, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. What's a team that? Give me a surprise for 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 better. Oh, man, Washington's a weak choice. I'm not gonna go. I'm just. I really think Washington could win like ten games this year. But, but. I am. Sh- I talked about it on the NFC East division preview. I can't believe that they're not the favorites to win the East. Dallas is right. Yeah. God. Okay. I don't know about like that. Uh, surprise. See, I don't know who really stands out. Like, I'm in. I like. I'm not gonna go double digits, but I could see in a similar boat Denver. And even though I hate the QBs, I don't like Locke or Bridgewater. But I think talent wise, all across the board, it they're for real. And I think Vic Fangio is a decent coach. Like I know Fangio gets a lot of heat for his conservatism, but he is a tremendous defensive mind. And I think. Von Miller is not going to be healthy this year. It just seems like they really retooled, especially at corner as well. Uh, Denver, especially in the AFC, I could see them being a real pain to beat. And in the AFC where things are wide open, nine games could get you a playoff spot. In my hands right now, with my horrific handwriting. It's good to know people still write things down. Yeah. Oh, I always, all my notes I write down first and then I type it. Uh, apparently it's like a psychological thing it helps you remember also with that said the reason why i bring it up is javante williams their rookie running back Mm -hmm. i think he wins the job over melvin gordon well both of them get carries right but i think ultimately it'll be like a jonathan taylor kind of situation you always see it where the rookie comes in and there's still a guy there with some cachet his name yeah right they paid him big money last year i mean eight million dollars per year to come over I think ultimately he becomes the the guy by there. like October. Yeah, and the offensive line is a little bit shaky, but he was PFF's number one running back overall. Mm-hmm. He was a dude who led the NCAA in yards after contact behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is he was productive in college despite getting hit behind the line of scrimmage anyway. So I like that in running backs mm-hmm. because there are some running backs that come into situations where they had everything perfect in college, right? And then you go to a team where the offensive line isn't that good mm-hmm. and you have no elusiveness, no escapability. You, uh, get hit in the backfield and then you can't generate anything. They also have the second easiest running back schedule based on run DVOA. Mm-hmm. 
The reason why I mentioned him is these notes are my offensive rookie of the year odds. Uh-huh. He's 30 to 1. Okay. A little interesting. Mm-hmm. They got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Hamler, uh, Noah Fant. Yeah, to me, they have two of the more freakish talents in Sutton and Fant. Dude, Noah Fant. Yeah. He, yo, he is well, yo, think, think about this also. Aaron Rodgers was linked to go there. He wasn't going to go there if they didn't have these weapons, right. too. The only thing holding them back is the quarterback. The quarterback, ultimately. And just, I think last year that got really beaten up. Like, I think, I don't know what the stat was, but I saw they were up there. Like, most lost starts. Starts, yeah. They were up there. So, you would hope they would be healthy at some, at now. Yeah, you know... <sighs> Like I'm not, I guess cr- I'm not crazy is- about them, but I just think they're gonna be a problem to face. Like they are not gonna get blown up. Only way they get blown up is if the quarterback just turns it over three, four times. Other than that, I think they're gonna be a pain to play against. And you saw it, like Kansas City had issues against them last year. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I think, and with that division, it comes down to who do you feel better about the Chargers or the Broncos? Because I'm oh, expecting- I definitely feel. Oh, I think most people say Chargers, but why can't a division have three good teams? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, last year the AFC North had three playoff teams, right? And people are expecting big regression from Pittsburgh, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay, a team, Allen, you think is gonna surprise us, but in a bad way, mm-hmm. like a team that people are expecting maybe playoffs or Super Bowl aspirations, and they kind of just fall short. A few months ago, I was to the Cardinals, but I feel like the buzz on Arizona is diminished. Yeah, it has. I, I think that'd be a weak choice. It's. They're, it's the coach. I really think Kingsbury is is what's holding them back. Uh-huh. They got some talent, too, on both sides of the ball also. Defense is still a bit uh, fragile. Um, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Chandler Jones. Apparently, he's requested right. to get traded, too. That's true. Yo, wouldn't Xavier and Howard for him be a nice trade? I feel like it fits a, a role for both teams. It would. I don't know what the money situation is, but that would be... Both teams would greatly benefit from it. Yeah. And if yeah. you think about it, they, they have another corner. Byron Jones is still there in Miami, so they have a nice mm-hmm. corner. And you get a, a corner to step in. The heir apparent to Patrick Peterson, who was there for about a decade, yeah. another 2011 classer. Because yeah. Howard feels very disrespected right now that he's not getting paid like the top corner yeah. that he is. As he should be. A guy had 10 interceptions last year. That's fucking wild, dude. Like, 10 picks 10, is crazy. And he's not even the highest paid corner on his team. I kind of see why I kind of understand why he's upset. As a man, football contracts are so strange because if I'm the player, I feel the same way that Xavier Howard feels, mm-hmm. how Julio would feel those years where you look around and you're like, yo, how's this guy making more money than me? Because mm-hmm. the new guys that set the new market, that's the new contract, right? So if I'm a 1,500 yard wide receiver and I get paid, and then two years from now, your contract's up. You're the free agent, and you're a 1,200 yards wide receiver, but you're the best wide receiver in the class. You're going to set the new market. Mm -hmm. And then where I was making $15 million a year, now you're making $21 million a year. And I'm looking at it like, yo, Allen can't fucking hold my jock strap. You see that happen all the time. When Michael Thomas got paid, everyone was like, yo, slant boy? Like, all Mm -hmm. he does is run slants and shit. It sucks, but I feel the player because he's clearly outperformed his contract. But on the flip side, it's like, what do you want the team to do? It's weird. Right. right. Um, when it comes to the team, I don't expect to be as good. Like, I, when it comes to Super Bowl contenders, I'm pretty 
assured with all of them. I think they're going to be as good. So, But if I'm going to pick a team that's been getting buzzed, I don't see it. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Mm. I was not a fan at all of their offseason. Yeah, me neither. I couldn't stand their offseason. I still don't think their roster, offensively, they lack explosiveness on the outside. Still not sure what to make their running game. QB situations, obviously, kind of murky. Like I, that offense doesn't really do much outside the cool tight end combo, and that's what we're riding on. Um, cautious of that, and and even defensively, like they got some talent there. But the Gilmore situation, who knows if he's going to be there? He's another disgruntled player. You know, I like Matthew Judah, but as a number one edge rusher, we've seen in the past rate players that leave Baltimore. Yeah, they're yeah, kind of yeah. core rotational players. They go to a new environment. Not the same. It's not it. So. As much as I love Belichick and McDaniels, I, I look at their roster and I don't think they're a team that's going to – I can't see them seriously challenging. I, I hear people pick them 10, 11 games. I can't see more than nine or even eight. Like I just – I think there's a lot of limitations there and they don't have the courtesy of playing a soft division anymore. I think Miami's good. I think the Jets are going to be better than people think and Buffalo's Buffalo. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. You know, that's a fair point. That division is not a cakewalk anymore because every team feels as if they found their guy. So, especially if you're the Jets and you took Wilson second and you move on from Donald, you you would hope so. I agree. I, I didn't like uh, a lot about what New England did. Let me ask you this, man. Do you feel as Oh, you if... got pick? I do, I do. But I want to ask you this based off you know, something you said in passing. The NFL is known for having a lot of turnover as far as every year you can basically remove. Well, in the past when it was 12 teams, you could remove four teams that made the playoffs Mm -hmm. that won't be in there. I feel as if this year it's more like narrowed down. Mm -hmm. I kind of have an idea of who the playoff teams are going to be. This is injury aside. Do you feel as if the parity has kind of gone away a little bit in the NFL? Like it's still it's yeah, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay. If the quarterbacks don't get hurt, I wouldn't be surprised if those are the final four again. Mm-hmm. All right, we like Cleveland; they made the playoffs last year. We like the Rams; they made the playoffs last Some year. Divisional round, yeah. Right. We like Washington; they won the division last year. Seattle's always going to be there. Baltimore's going to be there. I assume Tennessee's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have all playoff teams like. Like Pittsburgh stands as a team that's gonna that put, so you, you but I don't want to discount their pedigree because say what you want man Mike Tomlin always finds a way for at least to be competitive like I don't right. think Pittsburgh's gonna fall off a cliff it's just gonna be a struggle oh I I see a lot of gr- regression with them the yeah. offensive line the reports are bad coming yeah. out of Pittsburgh <laughs> it's very bad and this is an offensive line who the last five years I think had no turnover. They mm-hmm. were running the same offensive line. We would always talk about the continuity on the O line being such a big yeah. part of the what Pittsburgh was doing. Pouncey, uh, the Castro, right? And yeah. those guys are not there anymore. So that's a big issue. And Ben, Ben is up there in age now, and he is. Remember last year I asked you, I gave you a list of quarterbacks, the full off a of cliff guys. Mm-hmm. Ben is probably my pick to be a guy to fall off a cliff because he started to look that way last year. I think he already has. He already has. That second half was abysmal, yeah. yeah. And I know, uh, look, I know there were some games where my buddy Danny, our friend Danny, he's a big Steeler fan. He's like, dude, he hasn't been great, but Deontay Johnson couldn't catch uh, Claypool. Yeah, no, the the, the support cast definitely let him down. Let him down. But still, it was... 
so for me, that's a team that I'm a little concerned with. Uh, Bud Dupree was a big part of their defense. Mm-hmm. How much of him not being there is going to affect T.J. Watt running wild the way he did? I think Melvin Ingram hopefully will be a super very player. nice signing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and Highsmith is someone they drafted in the third round last year who showed flashes. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't have any doubts about Pittsburgh defensively. It's still a unit that they're pretty loaded. And they always seem to just produce, yeah. right? Like, you never need to worry about, like, yeah. a Baltimore defense, Steeler defense. It's always going to be at its core That so make dominant. a Fitzpatrick trade, man. They, you want to talk about a trade where everyone has to eat their words. I think that one and the Mark Cooper trade, everyone got wrong there. Because the majority was just like, how can you do this? First-round pick for him. What were you thinking? Yeah. They knew what they were thinking. Well, you know, I, I think it's important to realize when teams make trades like that, and look, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I remember what side of the fence I was on that. I do know that my logic when it comes to trading a pick for an established star, I'm always for it. Especially when Amari Cooper was 24 when they got him. Mm-hmm. Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. was 23, 24. You're not making that trade for Julio now. Right. Like, if you were to give up a first-round pick for Julio now, I'd be like, I, I don't I, know about I that. I think the concern was both Dallas and Pittsburgh made these trades in the season where it looked like they were going to win only six, seven games. So it's like, ooh, why are you going to a first-round pick when you're not really competing to win a Super Bowl? And both teams end up making the playoffs. Some are pretty competitive, so... Right. I think I just think at the time I remember they made those trades. I want to say in September or I think Cooper was in October, and it was just like, wait, your team is nowhere near contention. Why are you giving up a first round pick like this for a player who Cooper was having major inconsistency, major drop season? Oakland at the time, and Fitzpatrick was a bit of a miscast in Miami. And I remember that was when Pittsburgh was going through all those quarterbacks. Yeah. And the outrage from Steeler fans was, why would you give up a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick when Ben isn't playing? You're probably going to have a top 10 to 12 pick. And then they go 8-8. Eight and eight. Meanwhile, Fitzpatrick had like three defensive touchdowns. Oh, dude was <laughs> defensive player of the yeah, year, arguably, yeah. from the time that the only reason why he didn't win it that year, I think, was because like he didn't play those first four games at an elite level with Pittsburgh. Right. So, yeah, man, it's, it's weird. Like, I would always give up a draft pick for – because that first-round you know, first picks – it's hard, man. I talk about this all the time. A third of the league becomes all pros. A third of the league is out the league mm-hmm. by the time of their second contract. And a third of the league is they're just okay. They're, mm-hmm. they're starters on your team, but you're disappointed because you took this guy eighth overall. And he's just, you know, whatever. If something better comes along, we'll, we'll exchange him kind of thing. And it's just you just never know. So for me, a known commodity, I would always give up the asset for. That's just how my. I think it also just depends on where you think the first round pick's gonna be, though. Like, like if you could potentially pick in a top ten, do you like you gotta understand what you're really getting into? Right. So if yeah. you're if you're Atlanta last year and you see that you're gonna be a top five pick and there's all these rich quarterbacks that everyone's salivating at and you're looking at Matt Ryan, yeah, I probably don't move out of that slot or make that pick. And also, Atlanta wasn't really a playoff team. But if you're a team where you're happy with your quarterback and you have a chance to get him a stud wide receiver, mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs with with uh, with Buffalo, right? Yeah. Like I think that's the best. That might be an iconic the biggest win win. Yeah. Oh, dude! Like Minnesota does that trade again, and Buffalo does that trade right. again. They replaced Cause, Diggs. Cause Diggs was clearly disgruntled there. Yeah, and you, yeah. dude, was like third in the league in receiving yards, Justin Jefferson, and he didn't get going until week three or four. Yeah. 
So to me, it's it's all about if if I have the quarterback, I'm willing to give up the assets to acquire established players that can play right away and be impactful. Age into consideration, yeah. salary into consideration. Absolutely. I'd much rather do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because what if Buffalo, what if Buffalo doesn't make that trade for Stephon Diggs? And then they end up with Jalen Rieger last year. That could have been a possibility. Allen doesn't have the season that he has. Buffalo doesn't play as well. So it's it's a weird dynamic. You know, like if you're a team like the Chargers. Especially when you have that QB on a rookie deal. Right. There's that too. And you have the right. It's, yeah. it's not only the quarterback on the rookie deal. It's the right QB mm-hmm. on the rookie deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like Dale Jones is on a rookie deal. Yeah, yeah well. Uh, right, but they're still investing in that offense. They are, yeah, yeah, they are. Oh my god! You, you know, when I said they're investing in the offense, Nick's head just went down and he just shook his. Head. Yeah, we talked about Galladay a lot in that team brawl. Um, so I don't want to get into it. Yeah, again. I don't think we could talk anymore about the Giants. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention because I was considering them. Besides doing there was another team, I was considering that I think I'm not gonna say flop this year, but I don't see them at like I just don't see. Not necessarily the hype, but it's just something about Dallas is off. I don't like. I was raving about them last year. I just between Mike McCarthy, the defense. I love Dan Quinn the person. I'm not sure about Dan Quinn the coach. Like I just I don't see this Dallas resurgence that you might start seeing some hype for. I think there's nine one cap there. It's always a weird dynamic for me when I talk about the Cowboys or the Eagles because I am a Giants fan mm-hmm. and people just throw the hater term at me their offense i'm gonna go back to saying that they're the chiefs of the nfc they gotta prove it though weren't they last year though they, they showed it again. or in games against seattle and i want to well it's the atlanta game also but um what's the one cleveland game mm-hmm. but i feel like i just feel like in some of these games like they were trailing and they just capitalized on bad soft defenses so that was the issue that i had with Everyone's saying last year, like, oh, yo, we're getting Dak back. And, you know, Dak, the season did collapse yeah. when Dak got hurt. Let's mm-hmm. not get it twisted. But they were also 1-3 when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. They end up beating the Giants. And their only win was against your Falcons, where you guys blew that 20-something. Well, that was week two. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that but, was the only win. Okay. but I'm saying yeah. they were 1-3 with yeah. Dak as a starter. And a game that, that any, they any lost. rational team would have won that. They right. They onside kick rules. So they really should have been 0-4. Yeah. And then Dak gets hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, the offense was amazing. How much of that was, yeah, dude, they're I just, just like they were behind. Yeah, they were like, in like three, they were down three possessions in someone's games. You look at the Cleveland game, even the Atlanta game, they had never had to lead in that game. Right. So it's just... It's weird, and their defense has a lot of holes. Like, their defense was really bad last year, and the offensive line is not what it once was. Mm-hmm. Tyron Smith has been in and out the lineup the last couple of years, too. So, Zeke looks actually in good shape, yeah. which is promising if you're, if you're them. And I, I think the way Zeke's makeup is, I think he's going to bounce back and have a monster year. Mm-hmm. But it's just... It's there's something I think the defense is such a big question mark, man. That's why I can't believe that they're the favorites. And this is likely the last year they're gonna have Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup because this is Gallup's final year. And given that they invest their first round pick in Lamb, I just can't see them ha- being able to afford Gallup. Yeah. So this is this is a big time. Like they need the 
They need to make the most of it because Gallup is a, such a damn good When it comes to 50-50 balls, I don't think I trust the receiver more than Michael Gallup. For some oh, reason, wow. when that ball goes in the air 50-50, like a, just like a fade or any sort of deep ball, when it goes to Gallup, I just feel like he always comes down with it. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not talking about star-wise. Okay, I, like, I think New Hopkins probably the best contested catch receiver, but I'm talking about straight vertical goal balls. I feel like whenever Dak throws it up, if it's a catchable, Michael Gallup comes down with it. Okay, I respect it. I'd have to look into it more, but yeah, I do. I do think of some plays. You look at some of those fifty-fifty. I'm like, oh, Gallup came down with it. What a shot! Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember singing his praises last year when they drafted C.D. Lamb, and all the Cowboy graphics were not keeping Gallup on there. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this offense. It's Seek. Yeah, it's Lamb. It's like, Cooper. It's yeah, like eleven hundred yards the year before. It's just you don't know how many targets he's gonna get now. Right. And, I think they're going to have more of a commitment to running the ball, given with mm-hmm, Zeke. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's still got to be a lot of questions of Mike McCarthy. I think, regardless of the quarterback situation, it was very underwhelming last year. And you look at the past three years in Green Bay with McCarthy. It's just, I think, when it comes to coaches, him and Kingsbury are probably the two that I think are on the hot seat the most. Last thing I want to ask you how do you feel about this football season coming up? I'm very intrigued. I was not really because uh, I think maybe with fans coming back and I do think it's more competitive than, than ever before. Even I know we were talking about lack of parity, but I still think there are legit five to six teams that go in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm more enthusiastic about football than I was, say, last year or two years ago. So I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I also think last year, every week was kind of a surprise that we got through that week. Would you agree? As far as with the COVID stuff? Yeah, so we had Tuesday games. We had a Wednesday game. Yeah, I, th- I think every game, every day of the week last year, yeah. there was a game. Maybe not Friday, but every every day there was a game, I'm pretty sure. Friday was the Christmas game. The besides Christmas that, yeah, game. Yeah. So I think this year I'm more intrigued and excited because the season we know for a fact is going to get played out. Mm-hmm. Quality has to be better because it's in preseason. I remember we were complaining about the quality last year. Yeah. And it was understandable. So it was some bad, bad yeah. games out there. Yeah, yeah. And and now you get the fans back, so you'll have a little bit of a home yeah. field advantage. And I'm fascinated, man. The extra game, too, is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Do they treat it like two bye weeks now? Do teams maybe – who unless, knows? Unless you got to see what the playoff seedings like. Right. But I'll, otherwise, I don't see them viewing as a bye week. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because the margin for error in the NFL is so low. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. And then you also have this this COVID dilemma too with some of the players. Now the NFL, I saw Tom Pelissario. Pal- Pal- yeah, there you go. Um, he said that now they're up to ninety percent of the players are back. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big issue that much going forward. I think it's pretty much selling. Now it's just a matter of hopefully. Just think, I don't know. Just hopefully, I'm not a health expert. I'm not going to claim anything. It's just I hopefully think just get reduced like yeah at this point just maybe it's a matter of how much fans you allow in the stadium you know what kind of protocols each day because you saw last year like that arrowhead game they had like twenty thousand fans in there we were just saw like, that it was it was like i don't know about this and then you saw teams like in dallas and then you saw miami but meanwhile like metlife didn't have any fans yep. year. i know land didn't buffalo so, didn't either yeah, buffalo so, in the playoff game was the first and they only right. let like seven thousand people all right there. so uh, it's going to be interesting how, how each stadium approaches bringing fans back in. Because I think at this point, it's more on the fans. I think coaches, especially now with this rule coming where 
games could be forfeited, I think coaches are going to get on the case more. Like you heard Ron Rivera, guys like Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer, they have been extremely vocal over the past week. Like, no, our players yeah. are going to get their shit together. So I don't think it's at this point with COVID, I don't think it's going to be on the players. Now it's just a matter of how these stadiums are controlled yeah. with the fans. Yeah, and think about how many teams, how many games do you think the Saints have won over the years because of the Dome? Like that crowd. Yeah, that's Seattle. See, yes, yeah, even Ball, Arrowhead. I know Ball, Arrowhead was good Baltimore. last year. Yeah, it's some, it's some Philly. Philly's yeah. always rowdy too. So it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, I just think there's more enthusiasm just because now we're maybe just getting the more of a full training camp experience, and I think this rookie class is more impressive than compared to the past few years. I think there's just a lot of hype on this rookie class. Mm-hmm. There's just so much fun talent. So that was the thing because I thought going, last year was a bit of a dud, even though the quarterbacks, well, two of them shined. I just think that there was more talent, and we got both conferences. Like there's, they are legit teams. Yeah. Do you think that extra playoff team now makes it even more intriguing? Now um, we have seven. I did not like it last year, and I thought it fell flat. I guess time will tell. Hmm. I don't know. Because, look, Chicago last year, good Lord. That Chicago-New Orleans game. Oh, yeah. The best thing about it was Nickelodeon. Yeah. And, look, the Colts, they were decent. They they, they were competitive against Buffalo, but you kind of always felt Buffalo's a win. Like, that Colts team was like, eh. Like, it was like, there, there was there was a limit there. But then, well, it you know, dilutes yeah. your product, right? Yeah. It's the same complaints we make about. Me, I want the best quality. Right. Yeah. It's the same complaints we make about the World Cup. Yeah. Why are you going to 48 teams now? Right. You know that 12 of them have no chance. Right. 12 of them already in the 32 <laughs> yeah. have no chance. Yeah. And that's even me being generous. Now yeah. you're just adding more. So, like. It's a lot of filler. North like Macedonia could get in. Yeah, I know yeah, that's yeah. Your, your your boy over there. What was it? Pondev? Oh, Pondev. Yeah. yeah that was your guy. Legend. <laughs> but it just dilutes your product, man. Right. So, I thought. The, I thought. The extra post spot was a bit of a dull last year, but maybe the extra game could boost it. Who knows? So I'm, I'm not going to totally race after one year. It's just you look at it. It's like that Chicago team. My, <laughs> the tweets were good at least. Yeah. That's sometimes you could say the tweets were good. That's why. That's how I consider Thursday Night Football. The tweets are going to be good at least. Patreon roll call. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Ryan Pisner. Bill's Mafia's Ryan Pisner. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show. And the Patreon is patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Get in the $10 tier for the month of August. We are bringing back the football pool. Uh, big prizes coming along. And I'm, I'm in the process of making a big announcement for a eliminator pool for VM that might lead to... Actually, let me not spoil it too much. But it's, it's going to be a doozy. And at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. Alan? Alan Sturk, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.